This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Everybody and welcome to the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Christian, and with me always is the sh- crane to my shredder, Tony. Say hey, Tone. What did he say? He said he's smart. Oh, so <laughs> smart. Answer. Welcome to uh, episode 61, 62 now, right? This is our first back-to-back episode in uh, a long time. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's now we're doing the new format. It's a little bit shorter, but we're able to now get you more episodes of the Proton Pack. So... This is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Exactly. You know, and, well, and of course, Metallica's you got to get in. a phone call. Yeah, you get a phone call right in the middle. So <laughs> um, we'll give out a shout out to Adam because that was Adam that was calling. I'll oh, call you after the podcast, brother. Right on, Adam. Yeah. So this is episode 62. It is the new format. It's uh, a little bit tighter. Um, you know, we do have the commercial breaks, but uh in any case, you know, what we didn't get to last week, we're getting to this week, plus some new stuff. And, uh, you know, all in all, it's going to be a fun, fun ride. But let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every episode with our shameless plugs. It's shameless plug time! It is in these hills that Juan Valdez and his trusty goat gather coffee beans every morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, money. Money is cool. Money is cool. Speaking of which, we have Rough Riders, my dog rescue nonprofit, 501c3, dedicated to the transport of dogs from the rural shelters where they may not uh, have a chance at life. They may be euthanized. What we do is we pull them. We bring them in here to the metro uh, Reno area, work with local rescues and dog rescue nonprofits to find them homes, give them second chance at life. And of course, we always appreciate donations to keep those transports running. You can get more information at roughriders.org or over at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash roughridersaves. Now, Tony, you do a little pop culture show every week with our friend Jimmy Jones. Go ahead and tell us briefly about it. Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to, uh, I do a show with Jimmy Jones. It's called Pop Culture Kaboom. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Jimmy's got you dialed in. Um, I do a segment with him. We do the movies where we talk about hideous and horrible trailers. And just to give you an example, we watched a trailer on a movie called Slacks. It's about a pair of killer pants. Right. Absolutely stupid. But we also talk about the big heavy hitter movies when they're out. Um, you can listen to uh, Sunday evenings uh, from 6 p.m., 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, so just adjust according to your uh, time zones. Of course, you can tune along on knvc.org. Uh, or you can listen, if you're in the greater northern Nevada area, on 95.1 FM. That's KNVC, Carson City Community Radio. Pop culture kaboom, everything you want, everything you need, knvc.org. Sunday evenings, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And you never know what silliness is going to happen because last night 
I badmouthed the movie, and turns out that the director, the second time it's happened to me, the director that he was going to interview, or did interview, happened to be the guest that last night. So, Ruggie, <laughs> I hope the uh, director wasn't listening, because I was really honest about his movie, and it wasn't Slacks, it was some other movie, but yeah. here nor there... My shameless plug, I do that on Sunday night, so <laughs> check it out. One of the many things I've got going on in this busy life of mine. Well, and the other thing you've got going on is every weekday morning from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, we do the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, which is your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. It's a two-hour variety show, comedy uh, pop culture, current events, you name it, we're covering it, and we never take ourselves too seriously. And if you want no. more of the Christian Phoenix radio show, just head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix radio show, or as I like to say, join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R. So with that being said, we've got the shameless plugs out of the way. We still have a few minutes left before our first break. Tony and I, uh, through this uh, condensed version of the show, have been uh, looking at discussing what's coming out as far as the big Disney Plus series. Last week, we discussed the finale of WandaVision. This week, we got uh, Marvel Studios Assembled, which was a making-of look at WandaVision. And then, of course, next week, we'll be looking at uh, the very first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But, Tony, I wanted to get your input on this Marvel uh, Studios Assembled, the making of WandaVision. I enjoyed the hell out of it. What did you think? I loved it. I loved going behind the scenes. And the fact that they filmed this well in advance, you know, we got to go along the ride um, just the in-depth uh, interviews with Paul Bettany, you know, Catherine Hahn, um, Kat Dennings, of course, Elizabeth Olsen, among others. Evan Peters. Um, yeah, just to have them to know he was a fan and just the surprises and all the behind-the-scenes looks of what it took. The fact that they had um, the writers go out and read the comic books and get a good feel and they had people that were already fans. They're like, what story could we pull from? And the fact that Kevin Feige was very hands in, you know, in the mix of this. And I loved it. What a well put together, hold you over till we start, uh, you know, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier on Friday. Um, I even I even watched the Legends, which the Legends I know are just recaps. But I really right. like the Falcon and Winter Soldier ones because not only did you get Falcon and Winter Soldier, but you got um, you got the villain you got uh, Baron Zemo. Peggy, yeah, you got Zemo. You got uh, Peggy Carter's uh, niece in there. Um, so it was great. It was nice to get the backgrounds on all that stuff. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, I love anything that's a making of, you know, with the WandaVision. Obviously, we're going to get the same thing at the end of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. But it was just so fun to see how they did the development, the stories. And in this case, the difference between the live studio sitcom type audience as opposed to shooting what's essentially a Marvel cinematic movie. And, uh, and it was weird seeing Vision with ears. Yeah. <laughs> with the blue makeup. It was a little weird. A lot of CG. A lot of CG. But uh, I think it played out pretty well. Well, with that being said, folks, we are headed into our first break. When we come back, we've got TV news for you. So don't go anywhere.
Welcome back, folks, to the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Christian, here with my co-host, Tony. Now, we uh, got our shameless plugs out of the way. We talked a little bit about uh, Marvel Studios Assembled, the making of WandaVision, and, of course, we're so looking forward to Falcon and Winter Soldier. But it wouldn't be a Proton Pack Podcast episode without a little TV news. Bazinga. The cream of the crop! Hey, baby. Let's go, Bob. Excellent. Hail to the king, baby. Cowabunga. Cowabunga, dude! We don't talk much about reality shows, but this one in particular just looks amazing. Obviously, we're huge fans of the movie franchise, but in this case, it is a TV show where Back to the Future star Christopher Lloyd is going hunting for DeLoreans in the new series Expedition Back to the Future. The series will see <laughs> the series will see Lloyd team up with Expedition Unknown host Josh Gates for a mission to track down existing versions of the DeLorean DMC-12, the unique 1980s car model that served as the iconic time machine for the Back to the Future trilogy. Expedition Back to the Future will stream as a four-part series on Discovery Plus starting March 15th. Uh, you can watch the first promo, which we will post on our Facebook page as well. Here's the details of Expedition Back to the Future that uh, EW revealed in its exclusive feature. It says, as you may know, the main DeLorean rests at the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles. But as it turns out, the franchise used six other versions. So Christopher Lloyd and Josh Gates head out on a quest to, uh, for the perfect DeLorean time machine, which will be given to Lloyd's partner in time-hopping adventure, Michael J. Fox, to sell at auction to benefit the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Along the way... Ooh. And the way includes L.A., Houston, New York, and Orlando. Gates and Lloyd cross paths with Back to the Future cast members, including Fox, Leah Thompson, Donald Fullalove, James Tolkien, and Harry Waters Jr., as well as Bob Gale, who co-wrote the screenplay for Back to the Future with director Robert Zemeckis and wrote Part 2 and 3. They also chat up DeLorean experts, collectors, and future superfans to learn more about the lore of the legendary ride. It sounds like just a fun reality TV series that obviously goes to a good cause at the end. And then, you know, catching up with some of the cast members like we saw on the um, that Josh Gad series that he did is just going to make it so much fun. What do you think, Tone? Oh, anything Back to the Future, sign me up. I'm beyond excited for it. Um, love the fact that they go back, pay homage. And what I really like, too, is you know, trying to sell this at a auction and then doing the donation to the Michael J. Fox Foundation is is incredible. I, I like that it's going to a good cause, and uh, yeah, it's always fun to see them get back together. I know Leah Thompson, I follow her on Twitter, and she had said that she'd be in it, so I knew that. Um, didn't know Michael J. Fox was going to be in it, but that's awesome, because I know he's not really big on getting in front of cameras much anymore, right. but, uh, you know, I know his uh, Parkinson's is definitely taken its toll on him over the years and uh you know there's one picture he looked a little more rougher than uh, lloyd because lloyd's up there in age now so <laughs> yeah. you know but uh, nonetheless here nor there very excited if anything back to the future you can count me in um i might want to try to get a uh, trial run on uh, discovery plus just to watch this there you go and uh i don't know if they've already done the auction uh the first episode or at least the um 
The series drops today as of the recording, which is Monday. Of course, this episode is coming out on Tuesday. So if you do have Discovery Plus, it's out now. And I don't know if they work the same way as Disney Plus, where they drop episodes each week or if it's all available. But I'm super interested to see how um, how much money they get for the DeLorean that they uh, sell at auction. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm sure it go it'll go for a pretty penny for a for a collector, uh, someone with the right money. Exactly. Well, let's move on from reality TV and Discovery Plus over to Disney Plus. Now we know that there are a number of Marvel and Star Wars series coming out. Well, Disney may not just end things with Obi-Wan Kenobi, the lovable and wise Jedi Master from the Star Wars universe, after reviving the character for his own television miniseries. The Master Jedi first appeared in A New Hope, played by Alec Guinness, and instantly became a fan favorite. The actor even received an Academy Award nomination for his portrayal. However, old Ben Kenobi rose to newfound fame when George Lucas reintroduced the character for his Star Wars prequels, with Ewan McGregor portraying the young Padawan. Now McGregor is slated to reprise his role. Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. His role in a Disney Plus miniseries centered around the older Ben we were first introduced to, but that's not it. Ewan McGregor may continue his portrayal of Obi-Wan in Andor, a series that will chronicle the backstory of Cassian Andor. The young rebel pilot first appeared in the Star Wars anthology film Rogue One, portrayed by Diego Luna. Andor is depicted as an intelligence officer for the Rebel Alliance, who unites with Jyn Erso played by Felicity Jones, to steal the plans for the destructive weapon the Empire has been building, the Death Star. Rogue One, however, ended with the death of the entire crew, including Cassian, spoiler alert, as they sacrificed themselves to secure the transfer of Death Star plans to Princess Leia. I loved Rogue One. I think it was a great standalone Star Wars movie. Didn't have any Jedi uh, lightsabers, anything along those lines, but it told a wonderful story in the lead up to A New Hope, including the part where uh, Darth Vader boards Princess Leia's uh, ship and just wreaks havoc. Um, Oh, yeah. What do you think about Obi-Wan potentially showing up in the Andor series? Oh, I like it. It gives you more intrigue to want to watch it because that Obi-Wan, to be honest with you, is the series I've wanted to watch since they've uh since they announced uh, star wars tv this was before mandalorian and everything I mean, we've heard rumors that ewan mcgregor was going to come back and portray obi-wan i thought he was a fantastic obi-wan i thought he did well in the prequels um he did good i would i can't wait to see what happened with him between you know episode three and four and I, this is nice bridge i know does he have a showdown with Maul, and and where does he get with Andor? It's 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 gonna be great. Any yeah. Star Wars TV is just it's like Marvel. It's on fire. They they're doing it great, and uh, looking forward to see. I it can only help. I don't yeah. think it will hurt the series. It can only <laughs> help it. Yeah, as long as John Favreau is uh, overseeing the whole thing, um, it's in great hands. You know, we know we were getting that one. We knew we were getting a standalone Andor series. They all take place around the same time, so it'll be nice to cross-promote a little bit, kind of like what we're seeing with uh, you know, the Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, even that, who would have thought like you were going to get The Book of Boba Fett? I mean, you had no idea when you start watching this, but when he showed up, you're like, holy crap, uh, you know, he's back. He survived. Yeah, yeah. and Tomorrow Morrison did an awesome job. I'm looking forward to that, and we're actually getting that before we get at the next uh, Mandalorian series uh, or uh, yeah. uh, season. So lots to be excited about, especially if you are a Star Wars fan or oh, if you are yeah. a Marvel fan. 
As we mentioned, they're dropping new episodes once every week, and of course, we're getting ready for the kickoff of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, every film and TV series in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is packed with Easter eggs, and it looks like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be no different when it premieres on Disney+. As the latest major adventure to follow in the events of Avengers Endgame, the former sidekicks will take the spotlight as they attempt to live up to the legacy of Captain America and defend the world from the threat of Baron Zemo, who will challenge the heroes in surprising ways. Because this series is dealing with the aftermath of the blip, fans should expect some major references to previous Marvel Studios releases. During an interview with Dis- uh, uh, Disney's 23 magazine, the Falcon and Winter Soldier director Carrie Skogland spoke about the upcoming series. She also said that Marvel fans could discover some interesting ties to the comics and movies. I think we're able to really find some wonderful Easter eggs that you will discover as we go by, going deep into the material, said Skoglund. She added, one of the great things about having six hours is you have the time to do that. We had some fun uh, finding events, places, people, and things to bring to the forefront. We had fun and definitely were informed by the earlier comics. Winter Soldier actor Sebastian Stan backed up these statements, paying credit to Marvel Studios head honcho Kevin Feige, or sorry, Kevin Feige. He pays credit to the original mantra of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, stating that if you pull back far enough, it's all connected. And uh, I think that was one of my favorite parts of WandaVision, was diving deep into these Easter eggs and, and kind of seeing where things were going to go. And, uh, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier have their own uh, long histories that uh, I think they're going to dive into. Yeah, I'm very excited for this show, um, <clears throat> especially after watching The Legends, uh, which I talked about earlier. Um, just get you hyped up, you know, their journeys, like where are we at with uh, Sam, you know, like uh, like how how will he handle having been handed the shield? Right. Um, will, um, will Bucky have issue with that? Will he take issue like maybe he should have been picked? Why did... You know, why did Steve do that? It's going to follow up like, you know, obviously Steve's older now. Will will we see Steve Rogers' official death? And will there be something along those lines since that's the timeline we're in? So many stories. And they're got, only going to have six episodes, but, you know, that's six hours. Yeah. So it is basically take it to Marvel movies. There you go. And uh, we're getting that spread over the course of six weeks. Um very excited. It looks to be very much in the vein of, uh, you know, the Winter Soldier, Civil War, that action pack that you get with the Captain America, um, just minus, you know, Steve Rogers. He's the only thing going to be missing from this. Although I feel he'll be heavily, heavily peppered into it. Like he might not physically be there. But his presence will strongly be there throughout the series, my thought. Well, and there's talks. And there's surprises. We don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. There were talks of him potentially coming back as Steve Rogers in some way or form. Um, You know, will we see the Hydra version of Steve Rogers? Who knows? I'm just excited we're getting Baron Zemo in the full uh, purple mask. And then uh, U.S. US agent who was supposed to take up the mantle of Captain America uh, through the government. You know, he may end up being a uh, anti-hero of some sort or being, you know, a foe to begin with and then switch back over. But uh, in either case, we don't have to wait long to find out because it comes out. Friday. We'll talk about it next week on our uh, 
on episode 63 of the Proton Pack. We'll have that discussion. Exactly. Well, folks, that does it for TV news. When we come back, we're going to be looking at the box office report, plus we're going to look at movie news as well. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks, to the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Christian, here with Tony. We are talking pop culture, everything geeky and nerdy. We just finished up the TV news. And as we do in this segment, we're going to go ahead and run through the movie news, but not before we hit up the weekend box office. Well, it's no surprise on its second weekend, Disney's animated adventure Ryan the Last Dragon was still flying high enough to take the top spot in the box office with an estimated $5.5 million. That brings its oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that brings its 10-day domestic total to $15.8 million, which isn't a lot when you think of a Disney movie, but it's also available over there on Disney Plus Premier Access for 30 bucks a piece, and uh, it's hard to tell at this point how much money it's made, but... I'd be willing to bet it is maybe close to at least 50, 60 million just with that at-home viewing. Yeah. Well, and it to me, it looks good. I would give that one a thumbs up. I definitely want to see it. I do, too. I Maybe not on Premiere Access. I, I'd actually rather go to the theaters to see that one. As would I. Well, because you and I are both advocates to save the theater and get that kick started so absolutely exactly a movie that i will not be seeing in theaters nor on hbo max even though you can watch it as part of the subscription in second place was the animated and live action hybrid tom and jerry with 4.1 million oh yeah <laughs> so far its domestic total is 28.2 million worldwide total of 66.8 so it's doing pretty well for uh, a pretty terrible movie yeah, I got to applaud it, though, for box office numbers for pre, you know, post COVID pandemic, whatever. I got to applaud the fact that I didn't know what movie was going to kickstart it. But if it had to be Tom and Jerry, kudos to them. man. Yeah. They should be proud, very proud of themselves for that. And I'm, I hope the kids really enjoy it. I know it's not for you and I, but, right. you know, I hope the families out there that brave it out and have to sit through it. They do enjoy it. So. Exactly. Uh, in third place was the long-delayed Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley sci-fi thriller Chaos Walking, brought in another $2.25 million, directed by Doug Lyman, who uh, did a number of the Jason Bourne movies. This is one that I know you want to get out to theaters to see. Yes. I want to see. Um, and it might be a good one in between now and when Con uh, Godzilla vs. Kong comes out. Yeah, definitely. Well, and it sucks. I told you off air that I would go see it today, but I'm still snowed in from Snowmageddon 2021. Right. I can't go, but I would love to. I would totally go see it. Um, again, it looks good to me. It, the numbers are not doing great, but it's okay. It's been one of those movies that's been on the shelf for a while. Yep. In fourth place, a movie neither of us are really familiar with, the R-rated basketball drama Boogie brought in another $730,000 for a domestic total of $2.27 million. Uh, you know, Tony joked that it was about a giant booger. We don't know much <laughs> beyond that. I don't know, man. It's uh, Every time you say Boogie, I think two things, either a big-ass booger 
or it's a dancing movie. Definitely <laughs> did not put it together with basketball. Exactly. And then rounding out uh, fifth place, The Crude's New Age, another $520,000. It's been the big Good winner of this pandemic. Yeah. Domestic toll of $54.3 million, Worldwide, 158.6. So, uh, Got my girlfriend, Emma Stone, as a voice in the movie. Ryan Reynolds is a voice in the movie. I mean... Good, good cast. So you know, kudos to the Crudes. And it's a fun ride too. I, I saw it with the niece. Did and you nephew. go see it? Yep, yep. Oh, Back nice. when it originally came out. But uh, to round out the rest of the top ten, you have the Marksman, aka Taken Nine, with four hundred sixty-five thousand. You have Jothi Ratnalu. Don't know what that is with the four hundred sixty thousand. You have the little things at four hundred thousand. Wonder Woman. Still want to see that? Nineteen eighty four with another four hundred thousand. And finally, the father with three hundred and twelve thousand dollars. So box office is starting to work its way back a little bit. Yeah. Well, and we got so next week when we talk when we talk box office, there still won't be any heavy hitters. I still predict that Raya and the Last Dragon will be number one. Tom and Jerry will be two. That would be my thought, and then following it up. But the week after, we get Kong versus Godzilla, and I almost guarantee that's got to be number one. It oh, has to be. It has to be. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and go into our movie news. And here we go. Are you the key master? Laugh it up, fuzzball. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. This baby hits 88 miles per hour. They're going to see some serious shit. Speaking of seeing some serious shit. You said a bad language there, Mr. Lloyd. <laughs> you know, we are looking forward to movie theaters coming back. Well, Disney CEO Bob Chappick has confirmed that Marvel's Black Widow remains on the theatrical release calendar for May 7th. According to Deadline, I know that's great news. According to Deadline, Chappick touched on the release of Black Widow at Disney's annual shareholder meeting on Tuesday, last Tuesday, as he offered the latest update on the company's plans for the Kate Shortland-directed title, which was originally scheduled to be released in May of last year. Speaking at the event, Chappick reaffirmed Disney and Marvel's intentions for the theatrical rollout of the MCU movie. He said, as we've said we believe it's important to put the consumer in charge and let them decide how they want to enjoy our films, particularly as we navigate through the COVID-19 pandemic. We're really excited about the full slate of films we have in store. Next up is Black Widow, currently sent for release in theaters on May 7th. So that's good news, um, something we've been waiting for for a long time. It was supposed to come out well before the whole WandaVision series. Uh, I'm sure it messed up their timeline just a little bit, but uh, nonetheless, we're going to get it. We're going to get it in the theaters, and uh, I will be there on May 7th. Absolutely. You count me in, up, uh, in for that. Uh, can't wait to see it. Been wanting to see it, and... Uh, I think it's time. No more holding back on these movies. It's time to unleash them. It's yeah. time. Yeah. Vaccines are out. Let's let's get America rolling again. Let's get this let's get this back on track cuz we're done. Done sitting on our asses, done watching on-demand stuff. It's time to get back out there. Unless of course Snowmageddon Need- rolls through, then uh, you're forced well, to. Well, yeah, then you're stuck. <laughs> and it sucks. Oh, speaking of sucks. I feel like I got COVID again. Like I can't leave the damn house. I feel like a prisoner here. Yeah, you're cooped up. Do your laps around the uh, dining room table and, you know, get yeah, exercise. Yeah, today was shoveling. Okay. Today was shovel, man. The gun show, baby. <laughs> well, Tony, let's move on to another one. Uh, this is a movie that I'm not super excited to see, but I am disappointed by the news. 
We're talking Space Jam and New Legacy, and uh, it has fallen... It's your chance for the Space Jam! <laughs> it has fallen victim to, well, unfortunately, cancel culture. Pepe Le Pew has been a part of the Looney Tunes canon for years, but now the character is being benched. The character will not be showing up at all in the upcoming theatrical sequel, Space Jam and New Legacy, on July 16th. The decision has been made in the wake of the New York Times columnist uh, Charles M. Blow slamming that the cartoon character because of its link to rape culture. The Pepe Le Pew scene was shot back in June 2019 when it was filmed by the film's first director, Terrence Nance. The director left the production with Malcolm D. Lee taking over... Uh, oh, Malcolm D. Lee. Ooh. Uh, there's a period there. I'm almost Ron Burgundy. Uh, taking over at the helm. Ron Burgundy? Under the direction of Lee. Uh, Pepe Le Pew was eliminated from the sequel a while ago and never animated for the live-action footage, which was shot. According to Deadline, the character being cut from the film has nothing to do with the recent backlash, but the timing is very suspect. Um... Tony, I don't know about you. I mean, I grew up with cartoons where anvils were being dropped on people. Um, dynamite was being exploded. Uh, you know, we had Mortal Kombat that came out and people were saying, oh, you know, this is going to cause people to cause violence. Nothing about Pepe Le Pew makes me think rape culture. I just always saw it as a cat trying to get away from a stinky skunk. Yeah. He was just, he was like that Frenchman, right? Like he was a French skunk that was full of charm and suave and swagger. And, you know, like he thought the cat was that. And yeah, he came on a little strong and the cat tried to get away. But it always, in every episode, it always flipped. It was role reverse. The cat ended up loving the chase and had a thing for the skunk. And then when she gave it back to him, he wanted nothing to do with it. Like. But there was not like him. He wasn't going to pound town on the dang thing. Right. And it wasn't anything like that. And and that's the thing that blows my mind about uh, cancel culture is the current generation. And this is not a shot if you're watching the show, if you're a part of this. I just don't get it. Like, it's been around forever. Like, how is it all of a sudden offensive when you could turn on, uh, I don't know, like a South Park or a... Uh, or you listen to today's rap music like WAP and stuff. How is WAP not offensive? Right, right. And but Pepe Le Pew Pepe is. Pepe Le Pew is. Like, don't get me wrong. I like a warm-ass pierogi. Like, who does? <laughs> but it's, you know what I mean? But, like, why? Why are we Why are we canceling? It's a cartoon. It's kind of like Lola Bunny, too, in Space Jam. You know how she had big bunny boobs in mm -hmm. the first Space Jam? And I never thought about that. Was right. it like... Oh, that rabbit has a big boob. I didn't think about that. But now they got rid of the boobs and gave her a big booty. So I'm like, <laughs> just yeah. draw a rabbit. Like, right. maybe just don't have a booty or boobs. Just, it's a rabbit. It's a cartoon. Yeah. And not only that, but the scene that they filmed was a comment on how aggressive he was. And even LeBron, you know, turns to him and says, hey, you know, that's not cool. Leave that in. Let people learn from that as opposed to just yanking it out through a knee-jerk reaction. So Right. And it could have changed his character, too. You could have rewritten it. You could have, instead of erasing his past, he could learn from the present. And the girl, I guess, there's an image on her, uh, I don't know the actress, but uh, there's a picture of her on her Instagram. She was choking Pepe Le Pew mm -hmm. in the scene. And, and that puts him in his place, you know? Maybe right. he then learns from that and then you just you don't eliminate him he's a huge part he is a looney tune yeah yeah but you know that's unfortunately not the way it goes these days so uh 
With that being said, let's roll into our last quick story here on uh, the movie news on the Proton Pack podcast. Well, one of the biggest mainstream movie surprises in recent years was how surprisingly good Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle was. Expectations. What is Jumanji? <laughs> expectations were down to the floor, but uh, mo- many people left that screening with a huge smile on their face and were completely sal- satisfied by the solid cast chemistry between Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, and Karen Gillan. When Jumanji The Next Level was released, they thought uh, they couldn't get lucky again, but that follow-up completely satisfied as well. Its franchise uh, didn't ask for, but maybe one we didn't need. Now, both films were highly successful at the box office, as uh, Tony so uh, um, aptly ka-chained. But according to producer Hiram Garcia, uh, he has now confirmed that the next film is in early development stage, and it seems uh, that he's very excited about it. Of course, you know, we're going to get another ride with that cast, which I don't know about you, Tone. I enjoyed the hell out of. Um, It's a little early to know anything beyond that, but uh, real quick uh, sort of speculation. What do you foresee? Absolutely. Make it a trilogy. End it as a trilogy. Game over. Great cast. Great chemistry, entertaining as hell. Give me one more and then call good. Exactly. And I think this one needs to go back to the original Jumanji where all of the elements come out into the real world as opposed to them being sucked in and uh, see how they can wreak havoc on the town. Well, again. But folks, that does it for the movie news. When we come back, yes, we're headed into the final segment and we're talking video games. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back, folks. It is the final segment of this episode of the Proton Pack podcast. We cover TV news. We cover movie news. Typically, we cover video game news here at the end, but wanted to touch real quick on some toys and collectibles, uh, if that's the sort of thing that you're into. This one, because it is very special to me. Well, Hasbro's bringing a new set of exclusive Transformers Vintage Beast Wars to Walmart beginning March 15th. That's today. Of course, if you're listening to this tomorrow on the 16th, It'll be yesterday. The figures are in celebration of 25 years of Transformers Beast Wars and include Maximals and Predacon leaders, Optimus Primal and Megatron, as well as Cheetor and Rat Trap. All four of the new Transformers Vintage Beast Wars figures come with the figure styling packaging and art from the 1996 Beast Wars releases, putting them in the same category of retro as the Transformers Vintage G1 line. The G1 line recreates the original 1980s figures and packaging using the original dyes and molds. If you're a true 90s kid who remembers these toys, but you want to have a look of the vintage Beast Wars coming to Walmart CollectorCon, you can check out uh, the posts that we put up there. Uh, they will be available. Uh, Optimus Primal and Megatron, $39.99 apiece. And then uh, Cheetor and Rat Trap are $19.99 apiece. I'm surprised there wasn't a, another Predacon that they did. They did three, maxim- uh, three Maximals, one Predacon. But uh, those those original figures were a lot of fun. I don't know if you had any of those, Tone. I had one of the Beast Wars as a kid, but I don't remember which one I had. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, folks, with that being said, we're going to get away from toys and round out the show with video game news. Hey, man, you want to play some video games? Hadouken!
Ah, <laughs> oh, I love that intro. Well, speaking of other things, too. it's a fun one. There's a lot of a lot of good video game sound bites in that one. Absolutely. Speaking of things that we love, we're fans of the vintage arcade games. It is no secret that we are fans of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, especially the arcade games. And with that being said, a new game is being released that uh, really sort of preys upon our love of the franchise. Those original games and it is our trailer of the week for teenage mutant ninja turtles we are talking shredder's revenge so let's go ahead let's and watch roll. that right now dot emu <laughs> Love the animation. That looks awesome. Dude, April kicking ass Gameplay footage, which is such a callback to like Turtles in Time. Oh yeah! Oh, there you go. Oh man, I'm so excited for Fantastic that. Fantastic! Looks looking. so good, so good. Um, again, you know the the characters look a little bit different. Uh, you know the intro was definitely a callback to the '80s and '90s cartoon that we grew up with. But it's in good hands. I mean, the, the developers behind this, um, everything that they're planning on with it. And of course, you know, the, the voice that you heard uh, singing the song is uh, Faith No More's Mike Patton, which uh, I was sort of blown away when I read that later on because he sort of rocked it up. Yeah, he did. Uh, when I first listened to it, I didn't catch that. I, I was not thinking uh, epic or anything like that. It was just uh, rolling. Um my God, when I saw this trailer, dude, I immediately sent it to you. I geeked out because I had just, I think you and I talked about maybe a week ago or something. Like, oh, man, they should do another, like, re-release the Turtles arcade games yep. and stuff or make something like that. Because uh, we haven't had a good Turtles game in a long time. Uh, the last the last Ninja Turtle game that came out was okay, uh, but it was forget it. I mean, it just wasn't that. Like, those Turtle arcade games, they're memorable. Yeah. Uh, they're fun to go back. I played them this last weekend being snowed in. Uh, still had a blast. But when I saw this and I sent it to you, I was just like, holy crap. And when I saw the trailer, I was thinking, are we getting a new cartoon? Like, is Nickelodeon doing a new cartoon in this style? Because, hell yes, ka take my money. The animation is badass. Like, it, I want a new animated series with that style. And it couldn't be any worse than Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so why not? Oh, hell no. Because they did so great with the with the Turtles before that. That 3D one, mm -hmm. I'd say the 2012 Turtles, that was fantastic. Great story, good throwbacks. 
Um, it was original in its own way, but yet stayed played homage to what we grew up loving. And this is definitely for our generation. I, and I hope this uh, is great for the younger generation. I, you know, if I had a little little guy or a little girl, I'd, I'd hope they'd play this game because it sounds good. It looks good. Like you said, it's in good hands. Dot Emu did uh, Streets of Rage 4, which was fantastic. Yep. Um, and then the Tribute Games is all former developers from Ubisoft that did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. So that's where you see a lot of that art style is from uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is a fantastic beat-em-up in its own right. Um, but the graphics are very similar to that, while still being very homage to the Turtles in Time Turtles arcade game. So... Like you saw the foot soldier come at the screen. That's very Turtles in Time. I just hope it's a lengthy game. I hope it's not a real short one because mm-hmm. uh, Turtles in Time and Turtles the arcade game were very short. Um, I hope it's lengthier, but sign me up, dude. It doesn't say <laughs> what systems it's coming out, but I don't give two craps. I would pick it up for the Switch. I'd pick it up for the Xbox. I'm sure you'd get it for your PlayStation and you get the Switch version as well. Exactly. And we were talking off air about uh, replay value. And one thing that, uh, you know, the classic Ninja Turtle arcade games didn't have were different characters. I mean, you could play as one of the four turtles and that was it. If they're able to integrate ways that you can play as April O'Neil or Master Splinter or Metalhead or uh, Mondo Gecko or any of this huge array of characters that they have available that you can unlock and through different ways, the replay value is going to be huge for this game. Oh, yeah. And you kind of get the hint, like uh, Splinter kicks some ass on that Mouser. Uh, April wasn't taking no crap from the foot soldiers at the station. No, there was that fan-made game, the uh, Rescue Palooza, where you could play as like Ace Duck, Mondo Gecko, and all that. The only problem with that one is, is it's just not a licensed game. It's right. just a fan-made game, which, hey, you know, it, it's good for what it is if you could play it on your computer. Um, it's not bad. I played it. It's not the greatest thing I've ever played, but at the same time still enjoyable yeah, it was a nice little holdover until this game comes out so yes fantastic yes sign me up exactly day one yes and as tony mentioned we don't know which consoles it's going to be on we don't have a release date we don't have a price point so as more information comes out we will let you guys know because we are there on day one as soon as it comes out now yeah. what and you got i'm a sucker for the retro uh like we talked about last week goals and ghosts out on the switch or ghosts and goblins resurrection beautiful game yeah yeah that is one that i definitely want to download now with just a couple minutes left wanted to run down one more story here big news for xbox obviously microsoft's acquisition of bethesda finalized at last well 20 bethesda games are dropping on game pass starting tomorrow which as of this is uh last week yeah now yeah right now you can download him right now including some of the publisher's most popular franchises. That includes Dishonored, Dishonored 2, Doom, Doom 2, Doom 64, Doom 3, Doom Eternal, Fallout, New Vegas, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Prey, Rage 2, all of the Elder Scrolls, The Evil Within, the Wolfenstein games. Basically, if you were a fan of early first-person shooters or giant RPG games, they got you covered. This is huge. Um, This is big. My... I personally am not a fan. Like, I never really played Fallout or The Elder Scrolls. I know a lot of my friends are into those ones. Um, I haven't played Doom since we were teenagers. Right. Uh, I know Doom 3 looked really cool. Um, 
Doom Eternal looks amazing. So my thing is, if you already have the Xbox Live Game Pass, um, which I do, uh, these are no-brainers. Exactly. They're free. I mean, you're already paying for it. Just download it, try it. You don't like it, move on. Yep. But folks, I'm looking forward to trying the Doom game. So. Yep. Yep. That does it for another episode of the Proton Pack podcast. Fast. God, it goes fast so fast. Now, right? But I've been enjoying it. With that being said, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Proton Pack podcast, or you can get anything you need over at phoenixmedia.us. Just find Proton Pack there and chime in there. With that being said, let's go ahead and take us to our outro. I am Hasta la Vista, baby. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Woo! Yowie, wow. Mommy, where's Fluffy? Goodbye.